Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Welcome to episode 187 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is finding your voice. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the pitch perfect, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? It's funny that you say that because um, I have a little bit of a scratch in my throat because of my allergies, so I may not be pitch perfect today. Okay. I'll try. Right. I will do my best and not like start hacking into the microphone like halfway through but i Mm. can't make any promises Mm. um how am i doing today i am relieved that is the key word for this uh update i am extremely relieved and why is that a song in our heart is live and that is the big relief this was one of the three projects that has been dogging me all summer which was crazy busy with all the travel and everything, and with the publication of Natch- Nashville, which is what I've been calling a song in our heart on my production calendar, and that's what I keep calling it now, since the story's inception. So that means two out of the three projects that I was working on this summer have been published. The other project is with the editor, so the end is in sight of all my summer projects. Unfortunately, my fall projects are not off to a great start. <laughs> I have two more writing deadlines, no, one more writing, no, two more writing deadlines before the end of the year, and um, I'm going to be launching a different kind of writing project in 2024, that's all I'm going to say on it for now, I'm not ready to make any big announcements, but there's something different coming on in 2024, yeah, so my summer creeped into my fall, kind of, even though we're not technically in fall, but we're in September, so I should have been writing the fall projects by now. So I'm a bit behind, but the two out of three are published. That's <laughs> such a relief for me. Toot toot. Uh, and also, two out of three is uh, pretty good, uh, as Meatloaf never sang. Um, but, you know, and as you said to me last week, when I said that I'm late on my deadlines, you said that is just the nature of being a writer. And it's true. So that your summer projects bled into your fall projects. Um, it's not a failure. It's just life. Well, it is just life, especially these days. It's hard to keep up these days. But in good news, in iHeart Sapphic news, we have two big announcements. The website hit 1 million views for the year. Toot, toot. No, that's views, not visitors. I'm sorry. Toot, toot. Well, thank you very much. So that's that's views, not visitors. But we're really, really excited to hit the 1 million uh, views because that was our goal for 2023 and we hit it very early so that is uh, fantastic news but in other good news um, we also hit 1 million lifetime genius link hits genius link is our universal link service that we use for books on ihs so that means those links have been clicked since we started the genius links i think in 2018 Um, that's a lot of hits that's a lot of books and we have reached 169 countries so we're very excited about those two stats yeah. and it's kind of funny we hit 1 million for both <laughs> in the same month that is that is kind of weird yeah i was just thinking that but well done that's uh, brilliant news and well done on reaching your goal you see you're slightly behind with your full deadlines but you're so far ahead of the game with your ihs click rate 
There you go. There you go. There's always there's always a, a shining light, right? And uh, in more IHS news, the big September sale uh, starts on September 21st through the 25th. As of now, there are more than 200 books involved. It's a fantastic way to stock up your e-readers. The prices will range from 99 cents to 3.99, and there's some big names involved, including Harper Bliss, Tara Malone, Jamie Moody, Hildred Billings, and more. I don't have the sale page links sell pages links yet because I haven't created them and they don't go live until the sale starts. <laughs> so just go to iheartsaffic.com and they will be at the top so you can uh, stock up your e-readers. And other IHS news, we um, just yesterday launched a pre-order page. So that means uh, books that are up for pre-order can be added to that page. And in the past, we've only included the book once in the new release newsletter and then um and that was it but now if you do have a pre-order you can add it to our page and then it will be on the page until it goes live and then it will be included in the new release newsletter once after that so this gives your book more exposure if you do like to do pre-orders so we're just trying to help authors and readers we want readers to find their favorite books and not miss out on a new upcoming book, and we want to help authors with their launches. So that is another project we've been working on behind the scenes. Um, we wanted to do this forever ago, but I never found the time, and somehow I just found the time. So that is another exciting IHS announcement and not so great news. Now I need to, now I need to bring us down. Sorry. <laughs> do you want me to do some sad music? Well, can you? Um, no. So in Massachusetts here, we've been dealing with quite a, a lot of storms. On Friday, we had a thunderstorm that scared the bejesus out of me. Usually, I actually like thunderstorms. I find lightning and thunder, especially in the evening, like while reading a book, kind of romantic. This thunderstorm was uh, completely different from one I've ever, ever experienced. The storm was settled right over my fucking head. Um, as the lightning flashed, there was a crack of thunder, so there was, like, no distance. Like, usually you can count, and you can tell how many miles away it is. There was no counting. It was, like, right outside my fucking window. Um, my The hair on my arms was standing up. My windows were shaking. I thought it was going to break. Um, so that was not fun. But also, on Monday, we had yet another storm. And poor Miranda City was hit very hard, and there was a lot of flooding. She's dealing with inches of water in her basement. Um, we don't get storms like this a lot so she didn't have a water pump i think one is being sent to her now because now you can't buy one in the town because everyone's dealing with this <laughs> so that is one of the reasons we have a co-write we're working on and that is one of the reasons that our co-write also my summer projects bled into my fall writing time but um now we have to take a week off to uh undig randa out of mud and water so that is yet another thing we are dealing with and it hasn't been fun these storms we're expecting another one today and we're expecting another one this weekend mm. so we're hoping hoping nothing more drastic happens but hard to know hard to know because yeah. we're all all of us in this part of massachusetts are so saturated that any more rain i'm already on flood alert it's not fun it has not been fun doesn't sound much fun um and send our love and uh well I can't really send you help but send our love to Miranda and I hope uh, you get that all done yeah I think or as we know all around the world people are dealing with climate change disasters so um yeah but we've just got to well I don't know what we can do but we just got to try and keep on keeping on I suppose but it's not it's not good 
oh no it's not but um i guess the best thing to do is you know like you said keep trucking on and also trying to find the humor where you can tell miranda just keep writing those happy endings as she's shoveling shit out of her basement um yeah not great uh, my wife has just come back from Australia. She was there for two and a half weeks, and um, she said that she was she heard about some uh, floods in Asia where basically they sacrifice some parts of some uh, areas. They stopped the flood barriers working so they could save the wider area, and then they submerged one area, and that area only got two hours warning. And um, I prophesized this in my book, Nothing to Lose. That's how what it starts out. <laughs> she gets four hours warning that her area of town is going to be flooded to save the rest of the city but I think this is like going on everywhere like all these different things are going on everywhere and we don't necessarily know about them like I'd never even heard of this but it was in Asia so we don't hear about it. Was it in China? I think it was yeah. I think I did hear about that and um yeah it's I always love it when uh the powers that be make these decisions to save like usually the wealthier areas <laughs> which we could you know go on and on and on and on about about how terrible that is but uh yeah i can't imagine getting two hours to say your entire place is going to be destroyed and best of luck getting out by yes the way. yes and and of course my book uh, nothing to lose uh, where this happens in the on the in the first chapter was based on a true story this actually happened in york in 2015 so you know it happens everywhere but you know what the cure is tb it is oh. reading a romance with a happy ending that's what it is I don't think I want to read any romances about floods right now. I might wait on that one for yeah, a bit. No. <laughs> I let it settle a bit before I start reading about yeah, floods. Yeah, tell Miranda, tell Miranda, don't read nothing to lose. Okay, if she was thinking about it, like you know, so that's really what she wants to do. Yeah, so that's what's going on in my world. I have some good news. I have some bad news, but I'm trying to keep my sense of humor. How are things across the pond? Uh, across the pond, we've had um, some scorching weather uh in in the first bit of september uh, as i always say september is my birthday month birthday month munch birthday month and september's quite often my birthday is quite often hot september is quite often hot so it's been hot which was actually quite nice to see some sunshine and be able to sit in the garden and have dinner and things like that it was we had quite a nice week so before you go on can i just wish you a happy birthday oh you can thank you yeah i won't sing because i i like you um, but happy birthday. I hope I hope you have a fantastic one. Uh, I'm sure I will. I'm going to be working. So uh, I, I quite often take my birthday off. I think I'm going to be working in the morning. And then I think I've decided in the afternoon I'm going to... I have some books to drop off at Gaze the Word because they've uh, reordered 12 more copies of Hot Shot. So that one's going down well in their shop. They already had 12. They've sold them. So I'm going to take 12 copies into Gaze the Word and might go and treat myself to a new book in Gaze the Word. Oh, you're living high. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know how to live. Don't tell me I don't. Um, if you're in London and you don't know, Gays the Word is uh, the only gay bookshop. I think it's the only gay one. Although there seem to be new gay bookshops springing up everywhere, which again is a beacon of hope in um, in what is a shit world. Let's face it. Anyway, no, but it's not that shit because it's going to be my birthday. So yay! And then my wife and I are going out for a lovely meal. So that'll be nice. Might treat myself to go shopping or something. What else has been happening over here, TB? Well, um, I, th I can't remember if, uh, I think I was still editing and slogging on. Well, uh, the book is, book one, book project one is gone. So, hurrah, the book is, oh. the book that won't die. 
<laughs> one of the oh. ding dong the book is dead well it's it's dead until it comes back to me but it's dead for a couple we of weeks i think we need something stronger than a toot toot but i can't think of anything maybe toot 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 like do you get three toots oh, for a triple toot yes i like it i like it a lot thank you yes this one has taken a long time and has been a lot of rewriting and even when i went and was re-editing uh, I was two thirds of the way through at one point and it was 73,000 words and it's come out now at 73,000 words for the whole book so I, I chopped a third of it in the edit so yeah there was just a lot of blah in it but but I'm quite pleased with what, where I am now so we'll see we'll see what it comes back like um, but that's good uh, so I'm giving myself uh, a day off before I then switch my attention back to London 9 um, and see where the, where the fuck that is I, I don't know I can't remember it's somewhere When's the last time you worked on London 9? Hmm, good question. I'd have to look back at my daily logs and tell you, but it's a few months. Okay. So, so do you even know the character names? <laughs> yeah, but that is not a good reference point. I can't remember character names for books generally, so... But do I? No, no idea, no idea. Anyway, in other news, um, my Italian change of heart came out this week. It did finally come out. <laughs> Wow, two, two. So that's good, isn't it? And it's doing well. Um, as I told you last time round, uh, Italy's just launched a lesbian fiction uh, chart and um, it's number one, so that's good. Uh, and my Italian Facebook ads are showing promise. So the my other Italian book that I, the Before You Say I Do translation, that's number two. So I am sweeping the board in it Italian fiction. <laughs> Um, you know. Or Italian lesbian fiction, I should say. The lesbian fiction chart. So, um, no, but it's nice that um, The Change of Heart has finally come out. So that's good. Um, also, this week, I uploaded The Christmas Catch to all the platforms. So it should be out in Audible whenever the um, ACX Gremlins Pixies, Pixies? Let's call them Pixies, do their work. Um, so maybe two or three weeks. And it'll be out on all the other platforms. Like it's, I, I do it via Find Away Voices. So that goes out to about 40 odd different platforms worldwide. So hopefully that'll be out for the beginning of October, uh, which is good timing for Christmas. Hopefully, fingers and toes crossed. Do you know what though? In the last two weeks, I think I was getting back to really intense uh, blocks of deep work. Um, and I hadn't been doing that over the summer because I'd been just been watching football. But um, I quite, I've been quite getting back into it and quite enjoying it. So that's good. Uh, it's it's hard when you get out of your rhythm. It's hard to get back into it. I notice whenever, um, like when I take time off, with going back to work is extremely hard for me. So you just have to uh, keep at it until it feels more natural again. Yes, so it does now, so that's good. In fun news, I went to uh, I went to see a musical at an old music hall in London. Um, in London? Of course it's in London, this is where I live. Um, at the Wilton's Music Hall in Shadwell, which is near the Tower Bridge. I don't know if you remember those old music halls from like what was featured in Tipping the Velvet, for instance. Did you watch Tipping the Velvet? Similar to that, um, but this music hall, Wilton's Music Hall, it's really worth a visit if you are in London. It's one of, I think, only two of the really old school musicals that are kind of untouched. Like, it's, you can just feel the history pulsing from, you know, it's very wooden and stone interior. And it's got a really cute bar and the toilets are down a higgledy-piggledy um, sort of corridor. And, you know, it's just, it's just kept beautifully. And they have all sorts of things there. Like, I, years ago, I went to see Paolo Nettini uh, do a gig there. But they have, like, they have gigs, they have 
concerts you can hire it and get married there so I, I saw a really good musical there so that was that was really nice and it was on one of those really hot summer late summer nights so I walked down there and um, yeah had a really nice time I've also been to see some more women's football um, went to see Charlton women because the WSL season isn't back yet because they're still all getting back into training after the World Cup so saw some Charlton saw Charlton women on Sunday they went 3-0 down at half time they were so I was feeling a bit despondent but they came back and they absolutely dominated in the second half and it should have been a draw but they got two goals back they just couldn't get the third but it was a very entertaining game yesterday I uh, met up with a author pal who was in London for the day so we actually met up and we did some writing together on the South Bank for three hours in the morning so that was good and then we went for lunch and had a, some drinks and it was still quite nice yesterday so also just to say it's nice to mix up a bit of work with uh, seeing author pals who are around and about town so that was a really nice thing to do and then this week we're going to see Spurs men on Saturday during the day so this will already be done by the time this comes out uh, and we're going to see Shania Twain at the O2 in the evening. So lots of fun ahead. I didn't know she was still touring. She is still touring, yeah. My sister and my nieces saw her in Toronto uh, a couple of months ago. So she's on the European leg of her tour now. Okay, that, that's good to know. I have always um, liked Shania Twain. Um, I do have to go back to the theater that you went to. Mm. Was like Sarah Waters is wandering around? Because I just kind of <laughs> picture Sarah Waters is wandering around in a theater like that all the time. Uh, if she was, I didn't see her, but, you know, it would be just the thing, wouldn't it? Because you know how she likes to stalk me. Yes. Well, that, well, yes, it's all about you. <laughs> but I just picture her in the, that type of theater really enjoying it, so. Yes. Anyway, comments, what you got? All right, we got a few comments coming your, our way. So up first is Kim, who was commenting on the character on the um, Shadow ep episode. So Kim says, so all my stories are diving as deep into my character's shadow sides as I can get, and then discovering something much later that most of those things are my own shadow sides or a variant thereof. Actually, the shadow side thing also explains why it took me eight years to realize I'm a romance writer and all my stories are romances. It was absolutely worth the rewriting to finally stop feeling something is still missing wrong and now being able to be excited to share my work. So well done on sticking with it and Yes, I think diving into your shadow selves really, really can pull out the story. So we're wishing you the best of luck on completing the works. Uh, we have a comment from Bon who says, Hi, fellow lesbians. I love your podcast and you are both the best. Pardon my sobbing. Just read Lizzie number 11 in it. In it. She seems to be going bye-bye. Boo-hoo. I absolutely love you guys. Hold on, Bon. Lizzie's not going anywhere. Don't worry. Lizzie, Lizzie will never die. Also, Bon, um, you have asked us a couple questions that we are holding back for the um, Ask Us Anything episode. So that is why you haven't heard your questions yet. We are holding on to them. Anyone who has submitted a comment that had a question, we are holding on to them. So also we had a comment from – I was surprised to see this comment pop up on our website. I was not expecting this. Joanna Penn commented, thanks for mentioning writing The Shadow, and I'm glad the episode resonated with TV. We can be not lazy workaholics together. And yes, Joanna has done a couple of degrees in psychology and the shadow is Carl Jung. We were wondering if it was uh, Carl Jung. And there's much more to come in the book. And again, I can't wait for Joanna's book to come out. And I was quite chuffed that she uh, not only commented on her episode, but then she uh, referenced it in a intro to one of her latest episodes. So 
it was funny because I listen to her podcast when I'm doing admin work. And so, like, you know, you're, like, kind of half listening, half doing work. And I was there, and she, I could hear her voice, and then all of a sudden I heard our names, and I was like, uh-oh, are we in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> are we in trouble with the self-publishing place? <laughs> I was where my head went first, and I was like, oh, no, this is going to be painful. But it wasn't. She was very lovely, and it was nice. And um, But, yeah, I just think that shows kind of a little bit about my shadow self, where as soon as, like, I, someone says my name, like, of authority, <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh, I did something wrong. No, I think that was uh, that was pretty cool that she um, listened to it. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, I don't know if she listens generally. If you do, hi Joanna. But it was very nice for her to give us a shout out, uh, and uh, and I think we've gained some readers from it as well. Uh, listeners, yeah. listeners, listeners, not readers, listeners. Well, hopefully they hopefully they become readers as well. But um, before I move on to a coffee update, uh, do you have any uh, comments on your site? I do. I've got comments. You remembered them? Yes. I wrote them down. I put them in a document. I know. Well done, me. One such uh, person who heard us mentioned on Joanna Penn's podcast was Natalie, who wrote in from St. Paul, Minnesota. And she describes herself as an indie author and podcaster. And after hearing us mentioned, she dove into three episodes straight. She started with Soccer and the Shadow Self and stayed for the golden nuggets of wisdom we dished out. That was us too, TB. And she says uh, she's been out for about 250-ish years. But hearing you two was total heart candy and a massive dose of hope. Um, so she says, just hearing us out there... Uh, was pure gold and she can't wait to plug into more episodes keep rocking and rolling so we will natalie and thanks for writing in that's a very nice comment yeah thank you very much also um kirsten commented on twitter and she said that she loved the 10 things we learned from the world cup episode so thank you kirsten and jane also commented on twitter i think that's because i i put a tweet out with the episode in it so amazing isn't it if you put it out there people will respond incredible um, so uh, Jane says, I've listened for several years. I enjoy your wit and banter. I'm not a writer, but I'm an avid reader of sapphire fi- fiction. And your insight about the business and your own writing is very illuminating. Thanks for all you do. Oh, thank you very much. Those are very nice comments. Yeah, it had to be a writer to be here. We welcome everyone. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially for the uh, banter. Yes. Come for the wit. Stay for the bants. Right. Coffee updates. Yes, we have one. Uh, so Mike... Uh, donated coffees and wrote when not writing the great American novel that will win the Nobel Peace Prize for Literature I volunteer at our Humane Society and enjoy your podcast while um, caring for the little critters awaiting adoption so Mike thank you very much not only for the lovely comment but for also volunteering your time that is very generous of you so and we also wish you much luck with that great American novel we are waiting to cheer for you for you to win yes that Nobel Peace Prize is coming. No, Prize for Literature, not Peace. Well, you could do Peace as well, Mike. Fancy it? Did I say literature or Peace? Now I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it well, might be me. I don't know. We know what... Everyone knows what we meant. Anyway, any more coffee updates? Does everyone know? Because we don't know. <laughs> no, that that's the only coffee update. All right. Well, normally at this point, I would introduce the topic, but I'm not going to this time round because TB has uh, prepared it and is going to lead it. So over to you. Well, all the pressure is on me now. So luckily it's like also like 90 degrees in my office. So it really is like I'm in the hot spot. So um, yeah, today I wanted to discuss uh, two 
they're kind of together, but I wanted to uh, discuss two things. When can you call yourself a writer and how to find your voice? Um, I think these are two very important things, and this is why I blended them together, because they kind of go together. So the simple answer is when when you can call yourself a writer is if you're serious, you, you can call yourself a writer. What does that mean? If you dedicate your time to not only like writing, but also to understanding yourself and remember, go back to the shadow episode and listen to that. I think it's episode 185. But if you dedicate time to understanding yourself, human nature, the world, relationships, and the conflicts that make people utterly fascinating, also utterly frustrating, you'll find that your story that you'll find stories that you want to tell. So when did I know I was becoming a serious writer? So for most of my life, I wanted to tell stories. Ever since the sixth grade, when I got praise on a story I shared um, with my teacher, she said, you should, when you grow up, you should become a writer. So I was kind of hooked from then. But it wasn't until 2010 when I seriously started thinking of myself as a writer. Um, it happened in New Orleans. I spent a week there visiting a lot of literary places. Um, New Orleans has fantastic connections to literature. I remember standing outside of Anne Rice's house that she used base for the witching hour and stuff like that. And it just was like, for someone who always wanted to tell stories, being in such a place where like the stories just kind of jump out at you every turn in uh, New Orleans, I was soaking up the atmosphere. So on my last day there, I sat in a diner in the French Quarter and I was writing in my journal and I wrote down, I want to be a writer. I stopped to think about it. And then I scratched out those words, and then I replaced it with, I am a writer. And this was before I published anything, and this was before I could, I was a professional writer or anything like that. But something in my brain clicked. As soon as I said it, I knew that that was what I was going to chase for, like, the rest of my life. I think it's something very simple like that. If you are very serious about being a writer, even if you haven't published yet, but you are pursuing it with all of your heart you're dedicating time to it and everything you are a writer i think it's a it's a funny thing isn't it when when people a lot of people would say that you're not a writer until you've published something um that was the old school definition back in the day before the internet but now um you know with the with the internet then people started doing blogs and then you could publish your own things um and then people said aha but that's just publishing yourself no, you've got to be published by, uh, you know, somebody who's a who's got a gatekeeper and will publish you and put a stamp of authority that's shaped like a penguin or something on the book. So, um, or in a or in a newspaper, a, a proper newspaper that's got big circulation. Um, I think that the definitions of uh, when you can call yourself a writer are constantly changing, aren't they? And actually, it's probably in your head. Um, you know, I think, really, maybe you don't know right at the time, but you probably know looking back maybe a year or two later. Um, it really is, I think, like you said, when you start taking your writing seriously and you don't have to be published. If you're doing, especially if you're doing something on a regular basis, I think. Like, for instance, when I was um, first starting out, like I, I wrote on and off. I always wrote uh, stories and never finished them. But I wrote on and off for a good sort of 10, 15 years, fiction, um, while I was also, you know, working in magazines and working as a journalist and working online. But I always wrote fiction, but I would never have called myself an author. I was a writer in my day job, but I would never have called myself an author because I didn't do it enough. 
I wasn't committed to it. But I, I sort of think you're right. When you start taking it seriously, then that's when something does change in you and in your head. Uh, and you don't necessarily have to be published. But I do think that there's only so long you can go before you really have to think about publishing something. So if you've got a book that you're rewriting and rewriting and rewriting, go back and listen to our, uh, our episodes on that. <laughs> but you, if, if you've got a book, especially if you've already got a book done, you're a bloody writer, in it. Yeah, yeah. And there are some people who just write for themselves too, though. That doesn't mean... I mean, you don't, you're not, you don't have to publish if you just really enjoy the telling yourself stories and getting words on the page or, or journaling and stuff like that. I mean, that's just as valuable and probably just as soothing for your, your writing soul as you want it to be. But now, now that you know that you're a writer, how do you find your voice? So what is an author's voice or a writer's voice? It's how the author's personality comes through on the page. It's through word choices, the sentence structure, uh, punctuation, tone. Like if you read certain works by like Ernest Hemingway, you can pick up his style right away, the short declarative sentences, stuff like that. Um, so it's just how you come at writing, that is your voice. You start developing storytelling abilities in your childhood. Um, mostly this will result with someone wanting to copy something that's popular, which I also happened to do myself when uh, I mentioned that story I submitted in I think the sixth grade that my teacher really liked. It was based kind of loosely based on the Berenstein Bears, which was a story, uh, a, a series that was very popular during my childhood. So when you first start learning storytelling, you, 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 you start by mimicking, which I think we all do when we're learning anything in life at such a young age. But as you grow older, so does your voice. And your voice is kind of your like, it's your thought. It's your inner feelings. All the things that have happened to you as a person comes through in your um, writer voice. It shapes the way you think. It shapes the way you feel. It shapes how you share stories, like what experiences you'll include in a story, stuff like that. So everything that's all the stuff that's happened to you since like day one comes out in your words, and it comes out, and that is what develops your um, your voice to help hone your voice. Um, here are some suggestions on that. Ex keep exploring ideas in writing. The more difficult questions you ask yourself, the more you'll bring out your own voice. The more um, you learn things, the more experience you have. Um, all of these things, they bring out things you may not have known, and it's how you find truths in writing. Um, so we're always talking about how, like, yes, you need to sit, you need to sit your ass in the chair. And right, but you also need to get out there in the world, and you need to experience things. You need to, um, like, I'm always talking about how I love to go to diners, and I just like to watch people or eavesdrop on conversations and stuff like that. All that stuff helps you develop your voice. Like you, you're picking up stories. Like I don't know if you do this, but like when I go to a restaurant or something, and I'll see people, and especially if they're far away. I try to guess what the conversation's going on. Like some of them, you know, they you can tell like they're absolutely in love. Other times you can tell there's the argument is this brimming and it's about to explode and you're just like, I wonder what's happening over there. But all these things that you're going through, um, this is how you help develop your voice. Now, does this mean that your voice stays the same throughout your entire career? 
no. Because the more we experience, the more we question and explore, and the more our experiences changes us. I am not the same person that sat down in that diner in New Orleans 13 years ago. My life has changed so much, and so has my voice, and your voice becomes, it, it evolves over time. And so, like, if you, like, read something you've written way back in the day and then you read something now, it's going to be different. And so you don't have to worry about, like, it's always going to be stagnant. You're you're not stagnant unless you, like, literally live in an empty room and don't talk to another human being and have zero experiences. Just living life is going to alter your voice. But that is how you find your voice. You just have to let yourself come out on the page. Yes, and when you just said that about if you lived in a room and didn't talk to anyone, I think that's why so many people had difficulty writing in the pandemic, right? Because they were literally stuck in a room and didn't talk to anyone. So thank goodness for technology. But you're still if if you don't get out and experience life and um, just soak up the world, then you're going to find it uh, harder to create. Um, one thing I was going to say as well, back just back on the first point before I comment on right of, uh, finding your voice, uh, that I just remembered is, I don't know if I've told you this before, but when, when my wife and I got married was the year I published London Calling, my first book, um, in the February, and we got married in the May of the same year. And when you get to get married, you have to write what your occupation is on the marriage certificate. And I wrote, I am a music consultant. Because at the time I was writing, I was working two days a week as a freelance digital music consultant, and I was working three days a week as an author. But I didn't think I was an author, mm, even though you already published. Even though I already published, but it that's, wasn't. That's interesting. But it wasn't in my head that I was an author because I didn't know if I was going to carry on like I wanted to, but I didn't know how it was going to go. So it just goes to show that even if you even. You know, I agree with you. You don't have to publish to be a writer, but even even when I did, I did still didn't consider myself an author. I think that this goes to show how it's society that tries to force you to think that you're not something. It's not just with writing; it's, it could be anything, any dream you have in life. Don't let others define you. Um, there's always going to be the gatekeepers. There's always going to be the snobs. There's probably snobs out there who are like, "Well, TV, you're not a real author." You, you're indie, you're not a real author. And what I'm saying is, fuck you, <laughs> I am a real author. And you, I think you, you own it, own your dreams. Don't let other people define it. But I remember a different time where I had to write down author. I was coming back from Paris to London. So I was going through um, the train station, I think, in Paris. But there, they had the um, British checkpoint there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I had to write down my occupation and I wrote down writer and man, I got grilled by the person. She was like, so how do you support yourself? And I was like, my writing? And like, she was having none of it, having none of it. And then she was like, oh, you have a partner who works? Okay. And then she, I was like, I already have my visa to live in Britain. I'm not sure why you're trying to deny me to get on this train. <laughs> but again, it just goes to show how many people resist the idea that you can be successful on your own terms oh absolutely i mean that's a whole different podcast isn't it you know i'm a member of the society of authors and half the emails they send me are about talks and zooms and things with famous writers giving you their secrets and the other half 
are do are, do you need some support do you need to apply for a grant for a hardship grant because you know it just it is it feeds into the narrative that if you are a writer you must be poor and you know and writers expect it and that's why nobody has a go at all the mainstream publishers who pay their writer who pay authors like eight percent uh, royalty and then wonder why they're poor well they just they believe the narrative yeah it's a whole different podcast that isn't it Yes, but writer voice, yes, I totally agree. And I really, really, I was nodding my head vigorously. I think TB can uh, attest when you said, does your writer voice, like once you found it, is that it then? No, God, no, it's not it. Um, you know, there are some days where I, where I think, have I found my writer voice still? And I've been publishing for nine years. Um, I do actually write down author now. When people ask me, what is my occupation? I do write down author. So I've got, I've, I've heard all that one. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, like I'm writing and I'm, if I read my writing, I think, God, oh, that's a very me sentence to say. And I think, I think you really do, obviously, I do think I've found my writer voice. And I, you can't write, I don't think, like, you can't write the amount of books we write without knowing what it is. Because, you know, the voice comes out in every book, right? Uh, and people, people come to like it. If you, if it changed drastically, people wouldn't carry on reading your books because they connect with how you tell stories. But yeah, I, I, I do just think that one of the things that I always used to worry about was say, for instance, you always see these horror stories on Twitter and other, other social media platforms are available where a writer says, oh my God, I just lost the 2000 words that I wrote this afternoon and I, I don't know where they've gone. Um, and I was used to think, oh God, you'll never be able to write that. But the likelihood is that if you then rewrote that 2000 words right there and then on the spot, you'd probably get 60 to 70% of it exactly the same because it's your writer voice, because because they're the sentences that you write. I mean, sometimes when I get like, this has happened in this edit, I've just got off to uh, the editor. I went to write something in like a foreshadow something and then sort of four paragraphs later I realized that I'd already foreshadowed it but the way I'd written it was exactly the same to my right voice it's how I write things so you know don't worry about losing things or you'll never lose that and yes it will change and yes you'll sort of it will be nuanced and it will become more established as you I suppose as you shave off the edges but I actually quite find it quite comforting that that happens yeah, I've done that where I, I, when I'm especially in the edit stage where I'm like, oh, I need to drop a hint here and then I go do it and then I'll find the hint later on. I'm like, okay, I already did it and then I just delete what I just added. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I've done that many times. But yeah, it's just something, I, and I think it's something that um, the more confident you become in your writing, the easier it is. And you don't, like, I don't sit at my computer and be like, all right, use your writer voice. Like, I just write. But it's coming through because it's just, it happens naturally. Even if you're just writing an email or like a text to a friend, like you have your own way of saying things. And I think everyone gets kind of freaked out, especially newer authors. Like, oh, how am I going to find my voice? How am I going to hone my voice? And I'm like, it happens naturally. Just be. It does. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say one thing is don't worry about it. Don't worry about your writer voice. If you write enough words, it will establish itself and you won't even know it. Um, I, I think back as well to when I was uh, working as an online music journalist and my edit, my big boss at the time was a guy, a German guy called Michael or Michael as I like to call him and uh, he, I went on holiday once and I wrote an out of office email and that definitely had my writer voice in it because you know like most people said oh I'm not going to hear 
contact this person. Mine just said, you are in your office. I am not. Back from the beach to this date, Claire. And my, my big boss, Michael, said to me, I want, I want to copy that uh, out of office because it really made me laugh. <laughs> oh, you should have said, or I would have said, you're in the office. Ha ha, I'm not, sucker. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> I actually I actually said something like that to a coworker once. Um, and apparently I learned the hard way that uh, she did not have a sense of humor and she reported me for to HR. <laughs> And that's why I say a million times over, we are unemployable. I remember going to HR for that and I was like, it was a joke. (laughs) And as well, one thing that struck me as well when you were saying about writer voice and uh, the more you go on and the more you understand yourself and the world, um, the sort of more clarity your writer voice will have. And I think that comes back again as uh, to going deeper, doesn't it? On, on writing as well. It sort of tracks back to the shadow self and just going deeper and confronting real problems and, you know, just, just really, it's sort of the essence of you, isn't it? Yes, I've been, I've been really studying this. Um, I like to keep studying the craft. I like to, like I follow Joanna Penn's uh, podcast and everything, so, and I like to watch uh, authors speak. And so I've been really studying, like, how to improve my writing. Um, so, which is why I suggested the Shadow Self episode and now this episode, because I think it's all tied together. So it's just a running theme right now. Well, I'm, I'm very happy that you're running. Um, we like themes and sometimes we struggle to come up with a topic. So yay for you. Next time. And anything else you want to say? Just keep writing. Just, yeah. just don't, don't give up on your dream. Just keep writing. Just keep going at it, and uh, eventually it will work out. And I like when you said, "Own your dreams." Yes, own your dreams. Don't let anybody else take them away because society will try and do it, especially if you're a writer. Not just society. Sometimes even the people closest to you will kind of shit on them. Don't let them. Own your dreams. Be you. Embrace yourself and be happy. That is the most important part of this entire episode. Be happy. Be happy indeed. Unless, unless you really like being sad, then be whoever you want to be. <laughs> I like being happy. If you like being really sad, be whatever you want. That's what I should say. Be whatever you want. Do you know what? Uh, I have been, I've listened to three podcasts recently on the en- Enneagram. Have you heard about the Enneagram? I have not. Right. Well, it basically says that there are nine type. you can be one of nine different types of people in the world. And one of them leans in strongly to a particular like any emotion so like when you just said that if you want to be happy be happy if you want to be sad be sad like this I think it's a, if you're a number four so these nine types of people it's one to nine they're not they're not one is not better than the other it's just numbered you know because they have to differentiate but there's one I think it's number four it says that whatever emotion they have they just want to be it to the nth degree so if they're going to be sad they want to be the best sad person and if they're going to be happy they want to be the greatest happiest person so I've, I've listened to three podcasts on that recently and I'm quite interested in it. I want to find out more about it. So, yeah, just an aside. I find that stuff interesting, but then, like, my personality, I was like, well, I'm not going to fit in any of the nine. Don't put me in a box. <laughs> <laughs> like, because when I do, like, read about it and study it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. But no, no, don't put me in a box. So is there is there a number for that? Yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> 
So I'm not as original. As yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds like all the authors I meet who say, "Well, the thing is, my book is just defies categorization." And I always say, "Sweetheart, you're not a special snowflake. Put it in a fucking category." Well, if if you know if you're writing a book that you want to sell and make money, do not write the genre-defying book unless, like, you have a big list and unless you've already built up such a following because if you are submitting a book for the first time or are you publishing a book for the first time that doesn't fit in any category it is hard to sell something no one is looking for that is some free advice right there and i back it up Right, we're going to wrap this one up now. Um, next time around, we're going to be doing our Ask Us Anything, because I think we um, more or less probably have uh, a few questions to answer now, don't we? We do. So, any, again, all the people who have left comments asking questions, uh, you are, are going to be uh, – your answers are coming in that episode. We're not ignoring you. We are saving it so we can savor them. Whoop, whoop. And if you do have any other questions uh, or comments on this episode, do get in touch with us. Um, we're sure we can fit in a few more questions. So you can get in contact by leaving a comment on the website at www.lesbianswhowrite.com. You can email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. You can get us on, get me on Facebook, get me on Twitter and on Instagram at Claire Fick. And I'm at Claire Lydon on the other ones. I don't know if you, do, you do really do social media, do you? So... Oh, I've kind of really swung hard away from social media. Okay. So, yeah, get me on them. But, yeah, do let us know if you've got any comments on this episode or any questions for the Ask Us Anything episode, which will be out, uh, yeah, it'll be the next one, so in two weeks after this one. In the meantime, have a lovely week and keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.